0: Hello and welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I'm your host for this episode today and as always, I'm so excited. I love, love, love connecting with our influencer members. I learn so much from them and their perspectives, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest for you today. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, who is the founder of Blue Bamboo Leadership. She's a transformational leadership coach helping entrepreneurs break the habit of struggle and experience the joy of their innate power. Mary, welcome. Thank Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to dive into our conversation. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in coaching.
1: Yeah. So my background starts, I'm going to go way back to, do you remember that song? Uh, I don't know what your religious upbringing was, but about six or seven in our church, we would sing this little light of mine, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I knew then. I felt that pit in my stomach then, like my light's not shining very bright.
0: Mm.
1: Like that's like a, a little thing, right? Now I know I what I know now why I was feeling that way, but I didn't know it at the time. All I knew was I had this pit in my stomach. So fast forward to high school, I still have this pit in my stomach. I'm still kind of slack and I just, I do enough to get by. And I noticed that I have a handful of classmates that really struggle to do, to accomplish what I'm able to do just without really thinking about it. And I saw teachers struggling to really reach those students as well. And so when I saw that, I thought, oh, they must have that same pit in the stomach that I have about I can't do this. But on top of that, they also have the feeling of struggle. Right. I wasn't struggling. I was just feeling the pit. Um, So I thought, "Okay, I'm going to be a special education teacher. Because if I can learn to teach anyone, regardless of their abilities or disabilities, I could reach anyone and help them maximize their potential. So that that was my first step. And and then almost immediately following that, it was, I knew I wanted to be bigger. It wasn't just going to be one classroom. I wanted to be the leader of a school, of a district where all teachers felt confident meeting the needs of all students, regardless of abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did what I Think all of us have been taught to do is I had this vision, um, set a plan and set out to implement the plan, right? And don't really I, I don't make too many adjustments other than like, you know, if I moved and maybe I'm going to a different school or something like that. But the the plan didn't change. And and I thought I needed experience and credentials to become the leader, right? The of, of educators that would bring out the best in, in everyone. And um, so that's what I did. Fast forward in my career. So I taught for about seven years and I was an administrator for about 11 years. And I was really facing the same struggles over and over again. Like I didn't expect this work to be easy, but I expected more progress to be yeah. quite honest than what I experienced. And, um, so again, it was that pit in the stomach. Like I'm not really, I'm not really successful. I'm not failing, but I'm not really successful either. And now I have that additional layer of struggle on top of this. It, it was feeling horrible. And my superintendent calls me in one day and says, look, Mary, it's not what you're doing. He said, I'd be doing exactly what you're doing, but what you're doing is not working. So you have to figure this out or you have to go. Mm. Now, this conversation wasn't just one of those average conversations. This is not the right place for me. You know, where can I really experience? You know, be my best self? This was the message I was getting was, holy crap, what if I never really become Who I wanted to become, right? That was the loss. That was the loss, and so then I came back to my desk, and I was like, okay. And to be honest, for the first time, probably, I really said, well, how am I contributing to the problems that we're seeing? Because I saw myself as savior, right, or the the one who was making the solutions, not as part of of the problem. And so I turned the question back onto myself, and. It, it was interesting. So, almost as soon as I asked the question, how am I doing this? The Jahari window popped into my head. Now, this was a framework that I probably learned in my master's degree, um, where there's part of you that you know and everybody else does, but there's mm-hmm. also part of you that you don't know and no one else does either. And when it came to my mind, I thought, oh, okay, well, this might explain why I don't know what else to do differently. My superintendent doesn't know what else to do differently. There must be something in this unknown quadrant that is impacting this because I'm doing the right things. I'm doing the right things, not getting the right results. What other levers do you have? And so when this came to my mind, I thought oh, the next thing that came to me was, oh, I wish I had a coach. I didn't know what coaching was at the time. So it was a little weird to hear myself say that. And it was when I Googled it, it was like, what's coaching? Cause this was some time ago. And again, I aligned with that, that vision I had for myself of helping people maximize their potential. And so when I saw that and I, I, felt again, what I was feeling, I thought I can't be the only leader that is experiencing this conflict of putting our whole selves into our work and still not getting the results that we want. Yep. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Yep. Um, and so I decided at that moment, that afternoon to become the coach that I wished that I'd had. Now, since then, I've repeated some of those same things over and over again, like thinking that, oh, just because I have a plan, I can implement the plan and get to the results. Like I I still catch myself in those patterns Mm -hmm. and yet now it's, I I do it less often. And when I do, I catch myself at it a little bit earlier. So that's what I work on with my clients is helping them with that, all of those mindset, that unknown quadrant piece. Let's uncover what's in that unknown quadrant, make it known, and then decide, is this a rule that I want to continue to live with? Or is this something I
0: can let go at this point? Right. Right. Wow. What a great, what a great <laughs> introduction and, and background information of how you got there. I it's, it's nice to hear that. Like, I think there's a common theme there where you're doing the the right things, right? You're, yeah. you're doing everything they say you're supposed to do and you're not seeing the result. And that can be really frustrating. Yes. <laughs> um right. but uncovering that missing piece mm-hmm. is so helpful and so you're you're stepping in as a coach to help with that. Listen, that's yes. that's amazing. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Um so I want to talk about we we talk about about community on this podcast mm-hmm. and and really giving women the tools and the resources and the, the the things that are in our head that they might not know that are going to help. Because my theory is if, if my, my background and my challenges can help one woman, open, like not have to go through the same stuff I went through, then <laughs> here, take, take my wisdom, take it. I yeah. want, I want us to be supporting and empowering each other. So one of the things you shared, um, pre-show is your tip. We have to be willing to know what we want and to have a vision for our lives and our business if we're not clear on what we want we have no basis for evaluating opportunities we start chasing shiny objects which keeps us busy and distracted but it doesn't move us forward and i want to i want to dive into that because i think that like when we talk about vision first of all like help me understand what you mean by the vision but then also the the chasing shiny objects. Uh, <laughs> we all do yeah. it, right? And there's there's I, so much distraction and overwhelm. But then we also talked about like life sometimes throws you a curveball, right? There's sometimes yeah. something that like you make a plan and you have your vision but then suddenly, wait a second, everything's different. So, let's yeah. start by vision and understanding what you mean when you say vision and and clarity there.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've discovered along this way, both in my own story as well as when I work with clients is that there's, we, especially if women have not really owned, what is it that we really want? Because we're so used to making sure everybody else has what they want. And then if there's anything left over, then we'll pick from that and, and take it and be happy with it. Um, And so that's put us in a, a kind of a pattern of not really stepping out and say, here's what I want. This is what would make me feel really powerful and amazing. Um, that's being conscious and, and bringing, being self-aware. The default is kind of, I set a plan, let's just keep following the plan and hopefully this works out in the end, right? So I think one of the, the first challenges is, is to, to really ask that question, who do I really want to be when I grow up? Mm. And it's not what job do I want? It's who do I want to be? Yep. Who do I want to be? And, and I, I find that question so both so profound and so complicated, like, because we don't have the language around, what does it mean to be? How do I be <laughs> we right? Have, have do, be, we're good at have, we're going to do, but what is this be pit? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's the vision part. Who do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Um, and, and when we're talking about vision for me, vision and purpose kind of go together, hand in hand, yep. um, purpose driving the vision, but When I think about purpose and when I'm talking about this with my clients, I I really push back when people say my, my, my family or my kids or some version of that is my why, or that's my purpose, because you take them away because they can, they can go, they're not permanent. You take them away. You still have a purpose. So to put your purpose on someone else, isn't even fair. Mm. You've got to go deeper into yourself. What is it that makes you feel fully alive? Yep. And we're like, oh, I don't even know, right? Because we've gone through all of these experiences kind of with our eyes half closed, just to get through them and on to the next one. So go back to and do a little timeline for yourself. What are the things that I felt that felt so good when I was little in elementary school, high school, junior high, high school, college? Make a list of all of those things. And what you're going to find is there's going to be a thread that runs through all of those things about what made those experiences so powerful for you. So when I talk about purpose, to me, I think purpose is what is the experience I want to give to others. So just as I was telling in my story, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to feel this pit in my stomach anymore, I this vacuum that I'm not, I, I'm not living up to my potential. It's not that I'm not enough. It's that I'm not being enough, right? I'm, I'm holding right. myself back, right? Uh, there's more here that I'm not expressing. Um. So go back to what is that experience you want for yourself? Because I'm guessing that's the experience that you want to help others, um, mitigate as
0: well. Right. Right. Oh, I love that. What a nice, a clear way of thinking about it. Right. Because we hear, like, I think we hear vision and purpose and why, like, these are, these are things that get tossed around all the time, right. But there's, there's a lot of what I'll call superficial answers where it's like, it's what somebody else wants to see right? Or Hey, I'm a mom and have three kids. So I'm going to make it all about my kids. And I love my kids. And there are, there are things I do because of my kids, but at the end of the day, my, my being and my purpose are separate from who I am as a mom, right? I want to show them that an example of a strong woman who works full-time and supports them and is present, but also has a career. Um, but that's not my whole why. It's exactly my whole being. And so, um, that's, and I think I relate very much to working moms and and this, this, like the kids have to, we all, we have to make it all about the kids, right? It all has to be. And I, it does, it does like the kids, my kids are my number one, but I also, I realized because I didn't work for many years that Mm -hmm. I need a career. I need, I need something that's not just being it. It's not an easy job to be just home with the kids, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's right. so much there. But I needed a professional identity to help support who I am. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: What just came up for me as I heard you say that is that need for growth, mm. right? So, you know, when I hear moms talk about, I need to you know have these careers as path, what I'm hearing is I need an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sometimes when we're, we're home with kids and especially for it's all about the kids, we're putting our own growth on the back burner. You can still right. be a stay at home mom and find ways to grow. Right. Yeah. It, it's not an either or, but I think yeah. the point is that we all need to be continuing to grow. Cause if not that pit the stomach keep will come right back. Right.
0: That's, and that's, I, I, I relate to that pit in the stomach because it always, it's like something is missing, right? It's, yeah. it's like something I can do more than this. And mm-hmm. I, the, my story, like I invested a lot in a degree and in early Mm -hmm. career experience and training. And then my husband's career took off and that, Mm -hmm. that shifted the dynamic in our relationship. And that happened really fast. And it sort of was like, suddenly it was like, well, now I haven't worked for many years and I stay at home. Mom was not my goal. That was not my vision. (laughs) Right. Um, And so finding a way out of that was really important to me. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the things that, that you said, you want to talk about putting ourselves first and that, that resonates with me because it, at times it feels very selfish to be like, well, no, I need to work. I, I want to work. Right. I, I love my kids, but I don't want to be, well, they're in school all day now anyways. Right. So what am I going to do all day? (laughs) Like, I know I keep busy, but, but it's that idea of putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Right. It is. And I just saw something
1: really fascinating about this. Um, I'm in Gen X and on Disney, there is a documentary series about Gen X. And hmm. I just, just this week, my husband and I were watching this and there was a bit on there about um, how our parents were kind of, you know, in the '70s um, were about finding themselves. Right. And so this whole thing about put the kids, you know, let them take care of themselves. We were latchkey kids, you know, as a generation and took ourselves to the doctor and those kinds of things. Um, And so I think that we have, if if you're generation X, you've got a couple of things. One, you probably have parents who have told you that you put everybody else first, especially if you're a woman. Right. So you have parents who have told you that and then if you had an experience where your primary caregivers were putting themselves first but at your expense then you're going to it's going to compound your uh, harden that belief that everyone else has to be first because i don't want anyone else to feel left out the way i did if my parents were off having their own adventures and and left us to ourselves Or even if we're left with that, uh, that cultural uh, bias about women having to take care of everyone before they, they get to take care of themselves. So I think we're, we're dealing with a couple of those core beliefs. And, And so again, as bringing awareness to that unknown quadrant, most of us walk around with those beliefs without even knowing that they exist and that they're driving our decisions. Right. So bringing awareness to that, then we get to ask ourselves, what. What does, mean, what does putting myself first mean? And what is it that I even need? So going back to knowing that it, what it is that I want, what is it that I actually need? And it doesn't mean like in the, that example of the 70s parents who just kind of ditched the kids and did their own thing. It, that's an extreme, right? Yep. So we don't have to live in the extreme. So what is right for me? What is that right balance between but making sure that my needs are satisfied. My air mask is going on first
0: before then I, you know, just give out, uh, for everybody else all the time. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, we hear that a lot, right. Put your, your oxygen mask on first. And I think that the, (laughs) I see so many people who don't do that. Um, and we know what happens when you don't take care of yourself. I want to, I want to go back to vision for a minute. Cause one of the mm-hmm. things I shared with you earlier is that like my own, my own course has seen many challenges that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. And I sort of had like, I, so I worked through this period of time where I, I was ready to not be a stay at home mom anymore. I wanted to get back into the workforce and I figured out how to do that. But then my husband got very ill. He had a massive um medical incident that mm-hmm. totally overwhelmed our family. And that was about four years ago. And then last year we separated, we had marriage problems. Now we're navigating divorce and suddenly it's like, okay, well the, the plans I had were sort of based on the foundation we had as a family. And now it's like, oh wait, I think there's, there's a, an awakening inside of me that sort of like, well actually the vision can be bigger now because I'm not confined by what I thought like it's those beliefs that were there because of the marriage and because of the relationship and suddenly I'm like oh wait maybe there's more maybe maybe I can do bigger things right um but so much so so what do we like when when the curveballs are thrown at us because i think one thing we've learned is i mean with covid right we never know right. <laughs> you never know anything can happen anything, anything uh, can happen right nobody uh, predicted that everything uh, was going to shut down and 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 so i think that that idea of like does the curveball change the vision or do we just keep like how do we handle the big the big events
1: i love the question And I think that the question suggests that the vision may have not been big enough in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I love Simon Sinek's model of start with why. I think he goes to to how and what I do differently. I start with why, what are we going to do to get to the why? And then how do we do that? That's how I think of it. Yeah. So when I hear that something has changed in my life and in your case, um, major changes that change your whole identity change who you are, how you define yourself. Um, and that will change your what,
0: Mm. but it
1: wouldn't necessarily change your why if your why was big enough to begin with. Yep. So if it feels like you're off track of your why, all you have to do is go back and say, okay, I'm, I'm not thinking big enough for my why, what else is there? Go back again and see what are all the things that make me feel really, really good. And how do I help others experience this?
0: Right. I, and I, when I think about the last four years, right. In the course of the the pandemic thrown into the the middle of all of this, the why didn't change, but you're right. The, the what and the how did the, the early on when I became a caregiver, it was Okay, I have to figure out a different way to, to do all of this. Um, mm-hmm. now I find like my relationship status is changing and suddenly, oh well, actually I can maybe have an even bigger impact, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not no mm-hmm. longer confined by things that I was before. I had a supportive husband, but it wasn't the relationship the relationship wasn't working. And so mm-hmm. like there were there were things that were holding me back career-wise and now those things are gone. <laughs> Right. Like, well, even just the amount of
1: energy that you had to put into that relationship, right? Um, yeah. That yeah. you know is going to take from your tank, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, but I love what you said about the going back and reassessing your why, because if your why is strong enough, it should hold through yeah. big events, right? It should hold. Exactly. Like the curveballs when the curveballs come, you can still navigate because your why is is strong enough.
1: And, and I love it. Right. And I want the listeners to hear that. Well, cause I, I can hear in my own head, like, Oh, is my Y big enough? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I would be thinking. Right. As I'm listening to this. Yep. And the next thing that would come after that, um, if I wasn't paying attention would be, I've done this wrong up until now. Mm -hmm. my why hasn't been big enough. My purpose hasn't been big enough. I've done it wrong.
0: Wasting time. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, I would just encourage everyone just to drop that. That's a should that is not yours to begin with. This was never yours. What you have now and with every situation that comes to us, it gives us either validation, reflection of what it is that we're looking for, or it gives us a contrasting experience. And then that contrasting experience is when we get to get very, even more granular about what we do want. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when we're talking about these contrasting experiences, we call them challenges or problems. And most of us have been taught or believe at some level that we use our brain power. I have the brain power to problem solve this. And so I'll just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. So i I'm going to find that little variable that's going to make all the difference and, and I'll, I'll find the solution. And I'll be the hero and, and life will be good again. Right. Well, we know it doesn't really happen that way. Yep. Yep. So, um, I lost track of where I was. (laughs) We'll pause there.
0: Okay, (laughs) Cut that out. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about challenges because I think that one of the big things, like one of the things that I've learned in like one of my. One of the things that feeds my why is really helping more women. And it it stems from some things that happened very early in my career that held me back and limited me. And I'm like, no, it shouldn't be that way. And we should have safe spaces where women can get support. And like, I want to go back and talk to my younger self, Yeah. Um, but you shared one of your biggest challenges along your journey was Chicago. And I'm curious about that.
1: (laughs) I have to say, I misread the question.
0: Oh, I, when I was <laughs> reading through that, like, I, thought, I was like, "What? Chicago? Okay, yeah, we'll pause no. and back to that." <laughs> I was like, "That's an interesting have something, response. Have something good to share about Chicago." Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Okay. So, but I can say biggest challenge. Um, is I would say the biggest challenge I've had to overcome is getting out of my head. Because as we were saying before, I was really good at knowing where I'm going, creating a plan to get there, and then just putting myself in that path and just keep at it, right? And right. not even looking around too much to see if I need to adjust, because if I had to adjust, it means I probably wasn't right the first time. And so I'm just going to put my head down and go with it. Well, we know that <laughs> that the, a like, small micro 1% change over time makes a huge difference, And so that challenge of being stuck in my head, having to have the answers, um, kept keeps me from being as fully creative as I can be. It keeps me looking at problems rather than looking at solutions. And that's when the pit in my stomach starts coming back.
0: So that, yeah, I, I, I think I hear this a lot from people, right? It's the, we get in our own heads and then we overanalyze things and we overthink yep. it. And it's like analysis paralysis, right? It's right, the right, perfection right. trap. It's the, everything has to be yep, just yep. right. So how do you get out of that space? How do you, how do you move from being stuck in my head to, okay, let's take it, a- just take action. Right. How do I. Yeah start doing. Well,
1: I think one of the first things I want to just comment on is being stuck in our head keeps our nervous system on fight or flight. Mm. So we're in, as long as we're in our head, we are in a state of fight or flight. And so okay. you, we're, we're eroding our nervous system. Yeah. And so how do we get out of that? Um, I think the first thing, and what I teach my clients to do is to, to listen to what is that narration? You know, we all have that inner narrator, right? Telling us what's happening in our lives and what it means for us. And a lot of times we just want that voice to shut up already, right? But if when we tune in and start listening to it, it will tell us what is in that unknown quadrant. Mm
0: -hmm. It will
1: tell us, well, you have to do this because women put everybody else first, or Mm -hmm. it needs to be done this way because it's better to have the answers than to not have the answers. And so when we find ourselves in a state of, anxiety right usually overthinking creates anxiety and so when we're there we get to just tune in what what is that voice telling me in fact i was doing that this morning i was feeling very excited about this conversation but it was overly excited mm. and so i just sat down and i just tuned in what is is going through your head right now mary and it was all the things like well are we ready for this and are we is it going to be clear about this and are people going to get it and i just thought oh Oh, Mary, you're overthinking it again. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have control over any of those variables. So we don't, we can let that go. And so simply tuning into that voice, listening to what it says, giving ourselves grace and compassion for thinking such a silly thing about it and creating that anxiety for us. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that energy isn't now just shoved off and hopefully you know, put away so I don't have to experience it anymore. That energy literally moves through us, right? Right. It moves through us, and it's over. It's done. Where there's no hangover, no anxiety hangover with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. What a, I love the I love the reframe of that. I think that that's that's really helpful. From a, as somebody who sometimes does the same thing, like uh-huh. it's yeah, we get stuck here, right? And then it's. But when you sit with it and go, okay, well, what's it telling me and what can I control and what can I control? And then just let it, let it move away because yeah, (laughs) can move on. Another thing,
1: another thing that popped into my head uh, during this experience was, oh yeah, this is one of those times where I don't have to believe everything my head is telling me.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. And So as I'm listening to it, okay, that's another thing I don't have to buy into. All right. What else you got? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have to buy into that either. What else you got? Right, yeah. and we're just we're acknowledging it without judging it, without making it wrong, right,
0: and then just letting it go. Right. Yeah. So one of the one of the final things that that you wanted to share here be willing being willing to increase our happening happiness every day. I wanna yeah. I wanna touch on this quickly before we wrap up. But yeah, what do you mean by this?
1: I I love it that we're closing on this. So <laughs> as I've been doing this work and 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 to the degree that which I'm willing to put it towards myself. That's one of my other challenges that I've faced here is I'm willing to learn all of this, to do it for other people, but I wasn't willing to do it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once I started being willing to do this for myself, everything else started to change. Like, Oh wow. (laughs) You know, all the results my clients were getting, it was like, Oh, finally, I'm getting Mm -hmm. that for myself. Right. Um, Sorry. lost my train again. Oh, uh, happiness, happiness. Okay. So through this whole process, what, as I'm observing our, our patterns of overthinking, I'm, uh, I'm observing our um, fascination with our problems and just really wanting to solve them. What occurs to me is we're taking ownership for solving this problem, but we're not taking ownership for what would actually make us happier. Mm. And so, because we're not taking ownership for, we don't even know what would make us happier. Um, all we have to pay attention to are the problems. We've got yeah. nothing else to hold on to and play with and and focus on, you know, that, that saying that what you focus on expands. Right? And so when we focus on our problems, our problems are, are not getting smaller, they're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I ask my clients and myself to turn away from the problem. We know it's there. We'll, use that as a contrast. What is it that I really want at this point? Mm-hmm. And then am I willing to, um, am I willing to believe that I'm capable of this? And then am I, can I believe in this outcome? And then finally, can I expect that this is going to happen for me? Right. For me, not that it's going to happen for someone else, but for can me. I expect that this is going to happen for me? Right. Awesome. And when you get it out of your head and you, and you ask these questions of your heart, you're going to get. True answers. Am I willing to do this for me? No, it's good for everybody else, but it's not for me, right? That narrator again. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something in that unknown quadrant that is is preventing that ability to believe or in or in uh, believe in the expectation, right? So when we can really, I love it that we're we're coming back full circle here, getting clear on what is it that I really want, and that can start small as for me, it started with that conversation with my husband every night. What do you want for dinner? My stock answer was, I don't know. And if that didn't work, I don't care. Right. It's not untrue. I, I really don't. It doesn't matter yeah. to me what, what we eat. Yeah. And yet I also decided at that point, this is a good place for me to practice what it is that I want. And so sometimes I'll ask him, give me a couple of options to choose from because he's mm-hmm. the cook, right? <laughs> um, give me a couple of options to choose from, or I will now throw out, well, what do you think about this or that? Mm. Right. Cause I'm still not committed. Like, I'll go with either one, Yeah, but I'm, I'm teaching myself to get more clear about what it is that I want. Right. And so when we know what we want now, we can head towards that. Right. And make decisions accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that example. Like what an easy, it's dinner, right? It's, I mean, yep. mostly if someone else is cooking, I I don't care what we're having. <laughs> Just right. give me food. <laughs> um, right. But when you, when you start teaching yourself, okay, it's okay to give some suggestions. It's okay to say what I want or what might make me happy. I think that's, that's really helpful.
1: Um, One other thing that just popped into my head that I want to add to that is not only what that does for me, but what it does for my husband is it gives him a chance to please me.
0: Yep. Yep. Cause as the cook in the house, there's nothing more frustrating to be told ev- like every day. I just, whatever, I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. A, it's really good to have other people feeding ideas into the plan. And it's yes. also nice to say, Hey, you really wanted shrimp tonight. And I made shrimp for you. That's right. Like, yeah, it just, yeah. It's so. a win-win. <laughs> it is it is oh Mary I've loved this conversation today I thank you I'm so I love to learn more about you and and your journey and I want to make sure our listeners know where to find you so tell us where they can find you online and I know you you have a podcast coming out soon so uh, I want to hear yes you. yes
1: oh, okay so you can find me at blue Bamboo Leadership.com. that's my website. Um, my email is Mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Send me an email, say hello, ask me a question, push back and say, I don't, I don't agree with you on this. Doesn't matter. I love it all. So that's, that's where you can reach me. Um, two things that I produce, um, about a year ago, I discovered conscious entrepreneurship. Now I I was really struggling with who am I serving and, and who do I really care about? Right. And I thought I Googled these two words and hoping somebody would tell me what it makes sense when these two come together. And what I found was this whole movement, a conscious entrepreneur is defined as um, someone who's in business to make the world a better place, to leave an impact. They're not just in it to make money, you know, to make bucks and serve the family and all of that. They are purpose-driven. And they also care deeply about people. So leadership, being a good leader, and, and not only internally, but externally and all all the above. Um, they care about profit. This, this isn't a nonprofit. We're not just giving things away. We want to make profit because we know profit allows us to expand our impact. Yep. And we care about the planet, right? So we're, we're conscientious about the decision we're making and the footprint we're leaving on the planet. So when I discovered this, I, oh, that's that's who I was. It was all who all of my favorite clients were. And I wanted to create something that would validate this group because a lot of the clients that I was getting were coming from coaches that were very on um, that traditional model of how many points did you set? How many, you know, how many, you know, how many did you hold and what's your GCI? And it's all this transactional kinds of things. And, and it didn't resonate with them. So I want to validate, I want to inform. So if these are the values that you're using to live your life in your business, here are resources to help you do that. And then finally to inspire, right? We, we all, I think, live uh, better when we're more inspired about what other people are doing. So the Conscious Panor is a free quarterly digital magazine um, that contains amazing articles from amazing practitioners that all align with these values. Um, we've got three issues already um, per, uh, published um, and the next one will come out in April. So when you subscribe... Not only will you get the most current issue, but you'll have access to all of the previous issues as well.
0: Amazing. What the, the- other? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so the other thing that I'm going to be um, starting in March is a podcast called fully alive. And this is going to be a podcast uh, focusing on conscious entrepreneurs to help them lift their purpose, expand their impact and create with ease, like go oh, the struggle. There's no need for it. Right. So all of that, getting into that unknown quadrant, making those shifts and changes so that we can do those things.
0: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to check out your magazine and I will definitely stay tuned for the podcast. I always love adding new podcasts, to my rotation, and it sounds awesome. awesome. Um, I've loved this conversation today. Thank you so much for sharing your yeah. background and your wisdom and your insights with us. Uh, To everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week with a new episode, and we always look forward to connecting with you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.